Welcome to the Uncut Podcast. I'm Pastor Luke. I'm Pastor Cameron. And this is the Uncut Podcast, uh, where we have uncut and honest conversations about faith, life, and ministry. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know when I came up with that tagline. Kind of just came up with it. I don't know if it accurately describes the podcast or not, but um, I don't know. Sometimes it sometimes it does. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes maybe not. Sometimes maybe not. But yeah. I still think we're. I still think we struggle a little bit to be as uncut as we want to be. Mm-hmm. Probably. Which is why I've in the last few weeks I've told you don't. Tell me. Don't what, prep me. Don't prep me. Yeah. Don't tell me what we're going to talk about. Right. Uh, or I just popped a question to you, mm-hmm. like the question I, about Ryan Leake's book. Yeah. And we just go at it like that. I find that that's more helpful for me. Yeah. Because I get in my head. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's easy to get into your head because, like, I don't know, it's easy to start kind of like trying to. Play the crowd. Uh, yeah, play the crowd or try and anticipate someone else's arguments or objections to what you're saying. Yep. Who's not in the room. And like you can never do that perfectly. Right. And so you just end up kind of playing defense without ever actually saying anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, was it on this last episode we got one of our favorite compliments so far? Yes. <laughs> it really was one of our favorite compliments. <laughs> it was. Um, I think we were called, I think, uh, we were called not insufferable. Yes. Most Christians are insufferable, but these guys you can listen to. Yeah. That was a good comment. It was a good comment. I really enjoyed that. It's yeah. not that we, we don't get encouraging comments and stuff like that, but like, you know, that was a fun one. Well, this was, and this was, so we get some, some really good comments from people that we know personally, mm-hmm. see every week. Yeah. Right. But this was from someone that we don't know. Yes. So they didn't have to. No. Say something nice, and because they weren't going to be forced to look us face face to face on Sunday morning. Right. Well, and also, it at least the general from the comment is that perhaps they don't necessarily agree with us from a theological or worldview standpoint, but they seem to have given the whole podcast a fairly reasonable listen, and so you know that's encouraging. So, I have a question for you before we start. Yes. Do you ever get a new deodorant and feel like a new person? New body wash. I get a new body wash. Actually, I just got a new body wash. I just got a new deodorant. I kind of feel like a new person because I smell yeah. different. <laughs> <laughs> That's uncut. Yes, so. that is uncut. That is uncut right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I I got I, I finally ditched Old Spice. I mm-hmm. stopped being a high schooler. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... <laughs> I never did wear Axe because I just I always thought it smelled like but <laughs> I don't know there's always just this like middle schoolers who have such bad BO and they just instead of taking showers they just like spray it themselves it just smells like covered up BO yeah smells up smells like covered up BO I had friends who would axe bomb themselves in their car in high school right before getting out to go into school. And I was like, I will let you know that I feel like a new person today. Yeah. I opened a new deodorant this morning. I switched to Harry's. What did you switch to? 
I actually switched to Old Spice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I like Old Spice yeah. still. I'm mostly teasing, but yeah. No, I, I switched to uh, Body Wash, and I was like, wow. I actually didn't know if I liked it for the first day because mm. it was so different. Well, here's the real question yes. for the day. Okay. Okay. And this will be the title of the um, episode. Oh, all right. When is it okay to leave a church? Yeah. So you're a person that goes to a church, not not a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> Those are different. Whole different story. Um, An interesting story. Yeah. You're a person that goes to a church. Yeah. You are wondering if. You should leave said church. Yeah. What are the good reasons to leave a church? What are the bad reasons to leave a church? And what are the implications that that whole conversation has on the nature of Christian community? Well, you know, I think this is going to be a really good topic because I think pastors don't often feel a freedom to talk honestly about this topic Mm -hmm. for the fear of hurting people's feelings or, um, or looking kind of like insecure or trying to kind of just like, there's just not a, there's a, there's, there's, it's a hard to have a platform or a space where we can talk about this, where it doesn't come across, um, in a way that people take it poorly, I guess, maybe. Yeah, I think maybe it could come across sometimes as being, like, whiny mm-hmm. or us being bitter. Yeah. About it. Yep. Um, I will tell you from my perspective that there are times in the last 19 years of ministry where people have left my church. I've pastored three different churches in 19 years. Where people have left my church and I've been really, really sad. Mm-hmm. There's been times where people have left the church and I've been really, really angry. Yep. There's been times when people have left the church and I've been really, really happy and then there have been times where people have left the church and i've been just neutral yeah like it is what it is kind of thing yeah all i think all of those things they speak to the varied degree of emotions that pastors at least experience when people leave the church and a lot of it has to do with the reason or the circumstances that they leave the church yeah for me Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah, so I think this is, this, uh, that's a really good question because I think it's I think it's going to allow us to dive into some stuff that maybe people need to hear, yeah. but ha- don't have like a context in which to hear it. So, all right. Well, why don't we why don't we start like this? Why don't we say first? Okay. What is a good reason to leave a church? Um. Heresy? 
Okay. And by heresy, I don't mean like you disagree with a secondary issue. I mean like they're denying the Trinity or the personhood of Christ or... How about we say it then like, it's okay to leave a church if there is a disagreement about a primary non-negotiable theological issue. Yeah. Which most people can... The technical term would be heresy. Heresy. Right. 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 Some people call a lot of things heresy. Not everything is heresy. Sometimes it's just differing of opinion. So you brought up the Trinity. Yep. Okay. So personhood of Christ. They'd be denying the Trinity of God. Right. They'd be denying the personhood of Jesus Christ. Right. Just a Trinitarian doctrine. Scripture. Scriptural integrity. Scriptural integrity. Scriptural. Yeah. Um, What else? Faith or salvation by faith. Yeah, salvation by grace through faith. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Before vir- I like the virgin, widen the, the virgin net. birth. Virgin birth. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's see. Um, <laughs> I'm going to stir in the pot a little bit. Um, Okay, let's see. So primary, um, what about, I'm trying to think of like things that I would pull out of the creed that would be the like the antithesis to the creed. I mean, like. How about like creation and evolution? Well, see, so like I do think that there is like a tipping point. Yeah. In like, because that that I put as a right. secondary issue, but if if you like, I guess I would willing. I didn't wasn't gonna go there quite there yet, but like if you're in a place of where you disagree with, I don't know, sixty, fifty <laughs> percent. Uh, I don't know mm-hmm. where the percentage would be, but mm-hmm. a high percentage of the secondary teachings of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not interested in budging and mm-hmm. like it, it's not a, you must leave, but like the question raises is like, is why would the, you stay? Why would you stay? Is yeah. this the best place for you? Right. Um, so what are some other examples of secondary issues that maybe are a, a little bit more practical and yeah, those are the ones that people, people, those are the ones that people talk about the most, about right? Like church government, church government. Sign gifts, so like tongues and stuff like that. Worship styles. Worship style. Um, view on creation, I guess, if that's going to be a, uh-huh. a big one for you or or big one for the church. Um, yeah. I guess that could go either way. Um, Method, are, methods, anything that has to do with methods. Methods, Calvinism, Arminianism. Yeah, that's a good one. If that's yeah, like, like a... Predestination versus free will. Yeah, right. Yeah. That whole um, dispensationalism versus covenantal theology. Right. But like, I mean, I don't know that very there. There's there are some churches that make those pretty big pounding points mm-hmm. and theological st- distinctions. But I wouldn't say the average church makes some of those more what about niche things. Some social issues. Some social theological issues. 
Yeah. Like the nature of marriage mm-hmm. or sexual integrity, orientation, mm-hmm. acceptedness of uh, things like that. Yeah. Well, those secondary or primary. Mm, that's a hard one yeah. because like, cause we've talked about like, we've talked about our own personal stances on um, sexual identity and definition of marriage and all of that. Um, and it, at the current point in church history, it is a bit of a litmus test to a lot of other things. Yes. Um, and so if, if a church has a non-biblical, what we would call a non-biblical interpretation of sexual sexual ethics, chances are there's going to be some other things that are going to be, yep. you know, kind of leads into mm-hmm. a number of other things. So that one, while, like, I wouldn't say that, like, if you go to a church and you don't personally hold to the convictions, uh, same sexual convictions of that church... I would I like I know that there's I know because I know of people who've done that like on both ends of the spectrums that have stayed and people that have left. Yeah, either they go to a church that's more liberal than they are on that topic, or they themselves are more liberal than the church is, mm-hmm. uh, and they've stayed. So I don't and I and I've seen it kind of work. Um, so I don't want to say that that like rises to like a primary. You should probably leave, but. It be, that does because it can because it directly affects your relationship with your pastors or how the pastor a pastor can speak into your life mm-hmm. on a pretty important topic. Yeah, that one that one's kind of a gray one for me. Yep. Where uh, what does it sit for you? I would say the same. Yeah, yeah. I would say like I think it would depend. And I'm, I'm, it's an interesting kind of conversation place to put myself in because my entire adult life I've been a pastor. I haven't been a parishioner. Right. Yeah. Right? So I don't know how I would respond. Right. I feel like it honestly. would. But I, like, I think it's like how would your pa- – how does your pastor steward the disagreement between you? Mm-hmm. Like are they are they willing to allow to, – to still give you space to be – to, to openly disagree with them can right. they will they still pastor you through a, a different issue mm-hmm. um with faithfulness and integrity and gentleness and compassion and truth yep because you disagree with them on another issue yes you know so i feel like it would be this is just my i feel like it would be easier to be conservative in your sexual ethics and interpretation of scripture, attending a more liberal church mm. than it would be to have a liberal uh, interpretation attending a more conservative church. Mm. But that might just be my perspective because of me being a pastor, of seeing it being um, just seeing the pastoral shepherding issues that arise of um, being staunch, not just like. Like, because what I'm, I'm not, because I do want people to be able to come to our church and, and who are like, you know, don't really know Mm. kind of, and I'm sure that we do have people who maybe disagree with us on our interpretation of the Bible's sexual ethics. I know we do. 
Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. like, it's not that I don't want them here. No, so, I, yeah, I absolutely want them here. Right. But it puts you in a, in a difficult spot if we get into a pastoral counseling or mm-hmm. we're into a place where we're like, that becomes the issue. Yeah. So. Okay. So, I mean, we, we, we use the, the theological disagreement answer as kind of a. Like a jumping off point. Spring, springboard yeah. point. You know, what are some other reasons that it would be okay? Or what are some reasons that it would not be okay to I mean, leave a church? Personally, I think that, like, some of those secondary issues, like, because some people I know, uh, I was in a conversation with you once, I think it was very early on in my time here, someone came up to us and asked us a niche theological question, wanted to know before they, like, started coming here. Mm. They wanted to know, like, I think they asked about perseverance of the saints. Oh, that's right. Um, And so, and... Like, they wanted oh, to know that very they, specific. No, they asked about, like, once saved, always saved. Yeah. It was in the back of the sanctuary after a worship night. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. They, yeah. They wanted to know that very specific theological conclusion yeah. at, before they were willing to come to, like, a, a Sunday worship mm-hmm. and and explore being part of the church. Right. Um, yeah. And right. I was like, um, I mean... The, the funny thing is, is that we probably agree with him. Probably. I don't know. What we Maybe. I, I, I honestly don't know. don't know because he was really clear because he kept saying to me, I remember this very clearly. He was like, he, he was quoting the verse way out of context, but he was like, um, uh, you know, how can we walk together if we don't agree? Yeah. Um, right. Whatever that, whatever reference that is, I don't even remember. But like, how can any two walk together unless they unless they would agree? Right. Like using that as the like the like. Well, if we don't agree on everything, we can't walk together. And right. Christian. Yeah. Know, unity. Or and I'm um, and and honestly, like your pers- I feel like perseverance of the saints, Calvinism versus Arminianism. Unless the church is church's identity hangs. On those theological distinctives, mm-hmm. but I don't think unless you're going to a church that specifically like that is like a tent pole, like that is like we talk about tulip or we talk about like mm-hmm. um, I don't know what the what the equivalent to tulip is in the Armenian camp. There but, isn't one. Um, <laughs> we don't need acronyms when here. <laughs> we right. just believe the Bible. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, <laughs> um, so unless that's like a tentpole of the church, you don't really need, I don't think, I have very, like if someone comes up to me and they're like, Luke, I feel like you need to agree with me or I need to agree on your stance of like Calvinism or Arminianism in order for me to be a, uh, to sit underneath as a pastor. I, like, I, I don't know that you do. Yeah. I, like, if that's the one thing, you know, or so those, it's kind of a, I guess I put those like secondary issues as like, are, are there a, just an absolute overwhelming, a ton of them, which at that point you're probably just attending the wrong denomination mm. or the wrong brand of church or whatever, yeah. or the church you're attending has made some of those like maybe as like primary 
kind of cultural tent poles to the church, mm-hmm. and you're just not willing to to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so theological reasons, yep. but in a like major or massively cumulative category. Yep. And what would be another reason? I think that there are actually there are practical reasons to leave a church that are okay. Mm-hmm. Like we've got some people who attend here who I know drive forty five yes. minutes. Yep, they pass thirty churches to get here. Mm-hmm. And while that feels really good, like oh, they pass thirty churches. Yeah, to come here, they feel like it's worth to come here. Um. It would be really difficult for me to be upset with them. Yeah. To be upset with them. Yes. I would be upset. Yes. But I wouldn't be upset with them. Right, because... If they decided, you know, we would like to go to a church that's closer to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Do you have... A, this is kind of somewhat of a side question, but I think a pertinent question... Do you have any theological conviction to the locality of church and ministry? So like should you if you have a if you have a faithful church near you, should you prioritize that church over a church that you maybe like more that's farther away but and not connected to your local community? Um I I think it's a hard question to answer because the acceptability of distances is a little bit different from every for everyone mm-hmm. you know like for some people 15 minutes away is a long way and for other people an hour away is not too far away mm-hmm. um, I think where that question comes down comes down for me is um, I think we do still want to attend churches that generally represent um, our church culture values, mm-hmm. our own core values, obviously our theological convictions. Um, so if the church that is right across the street from me is a universalist church, I'm not going to choose it. Right, right. You know, um, just because it's close. So I think that we shouldn't we shouldn't discount those preferential things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that if you're passing – churches that you can get along with theologically that are a reasonable distance um, that makes sense I do I do question a little bit about like the picking and choosing in an a la carte mm-hmm. way the um aspects of community that you want yeah like i think that there is when you're when the distance of your church begins to make it difficult mm-hmm. to meaningfully engage in the regular community of that yeah of that particular church right. then i think that there you need to look at attending a church that's closer to you right um whether or not the church is like a picture perfect example of the church that you want to go to or not, if you're so far away from it that you're not able to meaningfully engage in community, mm-hmm. then 
then you, I think you need to make a different choice. Yeah. Because I think that's a extraordinarily overlooked but extraordinarily important aspect to attending a, a specific church is the ability to engage in the community of that yeah. church. Not just are you able to be there on Sundays. Correct. Are you able to be there meaningfully as a full participant in other days of the week even. Right. Or in like community groups, small groups. Yeah. You know, right. missional events, um, you know, yeah. Ability to serve regularly, like, oh, I just can't serve because I live so far away. It takes me so long to get in. My, yeah. You know, um, so, yeah, I do think that that, that that is a, that is a, something that would be, a, I think, a reasonable thing to change churches over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about like? Did you mention style in the last kind of like, like? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah like style, cultural mm-hmm. values, stuff like yeah. that. You know, like I think that that is. I don't think we should overlook that. Yeah. Um. Sometimes I get a little bit like. So the very first church that I served was a really small, like twenty people, on a Sunday. Yeah. Classic, country church. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have an organ? Um, we had an organ, but no organist. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> you guys have hymnals? And- we had a hymnal, and we yeah. played a digital hymnal. Okay. Digital organ played the music to the hymns we sung. And okay. Like, I was 21 years old. Yep. I was, like, just married. Like, mm-hmm. it was a baby. And Did you wear a suit? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh. I wore a tie sometimes. Ooh. At least, like, the first couple of weeks, just to get a sense of, like... <laughs> <laughs> the job, you know, <laughs> man, we could tell some stories. That would be a fun podcast episode. Early ministry experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna say, oh, uh, so, uh, you know, I was twenty one. My wife was twenty one. The next closest person to us, I think, it was like thirty five years older than us. Yeah, like a whole a, a whole adult. Yeah, above us, you know, <laughs> and. Um, you know, there were some times where we would, on a Sunday morning, we were there for two years. It was a great experience, honestly. Mm-hmm. We were there for two years, and there would be some times where we would get a family mm-hmm. who would come and just, like, pop in. Yeah. And they had kids, young kids. And they would walk in, they would sit down, and they would say, okay, do you have... Sunday school? you have Sunday school. Where's the rest of the kids? You know, and we would just have to say, like, we don't have any of that because we don't have any of those people. Right. Right. And you could see. See them, like, go shut down. (laughs) You could just see it on their face and you knew it. Yeah. This was the first and the last time. They would be. That you were going to see them. Yep. Um, And so. uh, So the question then is. Like, does style or, like, makeup matter? And I would say, like, I think it kind of does. It kind of does. I think it kind of does. I don't – I want to say it doesn't because – Right. I hate that it does that because it ends up being – like, for us, it was, like, just this vicious circle. Yeah. Like, we were never going to have any kids because we never had any kids. Yep. We, I, the church plant, different problem, same right. problem, different demographic. Uh-huh. Church plant in a city, not a lot of 
families end up in the city. A lot mm-hmm. of like newly marrieds without kids. Yeah, you know, uh, dinks, double income, no kids. <laughs> Uh, end up in the city. And so we would get families who, well, first off, like I'm going to toot my own horn. I was fairly good at building a really good website Mm -hmm. and a social media presence for the church. And so people would look at the website. They would look at what we had. They'd look at the sermons and they're like, oh, this seems like a really well-established church. They would show up to sanctuary to the service and there would be like maybe 10 mm. people, 15 t- people there, mm-hmm. and there would be one kid, which was the pastor's kid, in the uh, in the kid's room. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, um, this is not as big or as established yeah. as your online presence led us to right. think. Uh-huh. <laughs> thank, you, thank you very much, Luke says. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I did my job. Um, <laughs> um, and it was the same. It was the same thing. They were just like, we really want to be at a church. I had that conversation so many times. We want to be at a church where there are other kids for our kid to be part yeah. of. And that's not an inconsequential thing, mm-hmm. as much as I wanted to say. But if you would stay, we would have kids. <laughs> you know right. that whole like you know mm-hmm. that whole cycle. So yeah, right. That's kind of. Yeah, that's always a hard place for a pastor to kind of sit in that, yeah. like, I get it, I get it, mm-hmm. but please stay. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, so I, I do think it is a consideration, and I don't, like, begrudge people for doing, for making decisions like that, because yeah. I get it. I've got kids now. I didn't then, but it would be really difficult yeah. for me to be a part of a place or a community that like that. didn't have a space for your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, I, th- I do think it matters, like the the fit, mm-hmm. the makeup of the church. Uh, although I don't think it's the primary, yeah, thing. I don't, I don't think it's an insurmountable, right, type of thing. You know, because um, I think like and a lot maybe depends on you as a person. I guess I'm like. Like for me, if I was picking a church, like I care more, like I care more about the preaching than I do the worship style or the quality of the worship. Like if the musicians are fantastic or not, mm-hmm. I I would I would rather go to a church that has really solid preaching that I feel is like honoring, faithful, and is pushing me to grow, mm-hmm. um, rather than go to a church that has like what I would consider the best worship, musical worship, but a pretty watery sermon. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's where do you prioritize sure. some of those things? Sense. And I guess yeah. that depends on you as an individual. Yeah. Yeah. I so. think so. I think what one of the things that I this whole conversation brings up some feelings um and some emotions in me. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to say that it's I don't want to say that it's easy every time for people to leave church and go to a different church. No, it's not. But I would be willing to bet that it is, in most cases, more difficult for the pastor than it is for the people to leave. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's not fair. I, I don't know. But I mean, what, what I I guess what I'm trying to say is that I don't often think that people rightly weigh 
how difficult it is when people leave your church. Yes. Especially for reasons that are like, that's your reason? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I get it if you've got like major, major concerns or qualms or disagreements. Mm-hmm. But that's your reason for leaving? Like, I pour my life mm-hmm. into you. I serve you. Like, I, you know, like, walk you through really, really difficult circumstances or situations in your life. Mm-hmm. I, like, expend an incredible amount of physical, emotional, mental, spiritual energy. Yep. And then you're like, yeah, we just kind of felt like it was time for a change yeah is like a kick in the stomach right like it really as much as we try to not make it about us because it's not it's not it is not about us right we're not robotic no we and we do put ourselves into ministry of course yeah we, we try and lead from vulnerability try yeah. to lead with uh, the, the personal giftings we've been given like yeah, and we, we try and invest we do yeah we don't avoid friendship right so that we can lead mm-hmm. we invest in friendship so that we can lead and so these are our friends that are leaving yeah and i had a pastor friend once tell me actually we just had lunch with him <laughs> um and he said, and I think it was actually something that another pastor had told him, mm-hmm. um, that like, Cameron, they are your friends, but they're not your friends. Yeah. Like the people that you serve in ministry, they're your friends. They're also not. Yeah. You are their pastor. Mm-hmm. Like, and if you see your primary role in their life as one of being a friend, then you're going to get friend-type treatment. Yep. And if you see your role primarily as one as a pastor, you're going to get your you know your interaction with them and your expectations of them, especially in moments of them leaving, is going to be different. Yes. So that's still a really hard dynamic for me because yeah. I – I do consider myself friends yeah. with these people. Some right. people and like some of them I'm much better friends with than others. Sure. Some of my I would say my best friends mm-hmm. come to church here. Yeah. You know, um and so what if they were to leave? How would I How do you handle that? Yeah. I sometimes not well. Yeah. So, uh, like for a lot of people, particularly if you're, you know, if you're Christian, you're attending church, large portion of your social circle ends up being made up out of the church you attend. Mm. And the complexity is, is that that remains true for us, except we also work at the church we attend mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. are responsible for the church we attend. Yeah. Responsible. Know. Right. Um, yeah, I that whole friend dynamic is is difficult, um, and it's it's a hard because there are these like invisible lines yeah. that you'll like run up to, and like one of the one of the easiest ways to encounter one of those lines is like 
I know that this is sometimes the part of sometimes people's uh, a pastime. <laughs> I don't want to be of like of Christian pe- people who have been very churched. There is this pastime of backseat pastoring mm-hmm. a church of kind of like it's it is easy to drive home with your family or your friends or whoever you came to church with and like what do you think about that sermon today was that and kind of like armchair critique some of the leadership decisions or stylistic decisions that a church is making um which when like you would but you would never actually say those things to mm-hmm. the pastor or to mm-hmm. the leadership because at the end of the day you're not you're not actually all that convinced that you're mm-hmm. right. You're just having something to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's been once or twice where I've like been in conversation and somebody will slip into that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Hey, I'm here. <laughs> like right. I made that decision yeah. <laughs> or I'm, you know, I'm, you know, when yeah. you're talking kind of somewhat not harshly, but critically of the church mm-hmm. and its direction, I'm like, Hey. <laughs> right. Right. So, it yeah, and we're not infallible. No. No, we don't always make the right decision. No, but there's yeah, there 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 becomes a like a point of like man, you know like I do this all day. Mm-hmm. Every day for the last two decades of my life. I'm not perfect. I'm not infallible. But I'm not an idiot. Right. I, like, I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like, um, what was I going to say? Um, it's gone. Is it, you're, I know what I'm going to say. Is it okay to leave a church because you're not getting fed? Oh. That is like the most. That is like, that is the in my mind. That is the equivalent to coming up to your 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 boyfriend girlfriend and saying, "Hey, you're really great. I think we just should be friends, though." Like it, like that is how that feels to me. As it's a answer that's a non-answer. In like, it at least it feels that way to me, because. I have a hard time believing a lot of people. It's like, maybe that is true. Maybe. But a lot of times, this is, this is some of my personal conviction. So I think a lot of times people who are saying that there is something underneath of that, that is a pattern or um, like that that is happening kind of cyclically in their life and in their spiritual life. Uh-huh. And that is the only way they know how to articulate it, yeah. but that is not actually what's happening. Right. My opinion is that a lot of people, particularly people who, if there's a pattern of come into a church, oh my gosh, this is such, this is the church I was looking for. Like all these things that you found, love the church, get involved. You stick around for, Five years, three years. Uh, and then eventually, over that period of time, you begin to become discontent with either the same issues that you had at your last church or a new set of issues. 
and then or you just kind of generally start to feel kind of like the honeymoon period wear off and then you kind of just hit a bit of a a spiritual doldrum you're kind of you don't feel like you're growing anymore in your spiritual life and your solution to that is like well then i must not be getting fed i need to go to another church that's going to help me feel like my spiritual life is on fire mm-hmm. i'm sure i've talked a lot about this type of language on this podcast mm-hmm. but like that constantly chasing that spiritual high mm-hmm. of like how do i get my spiritual life to feel like i'm on fire for god i'm moving forward i'm going from mountaintop to mountaintop and if my church isn't helping me feel that way... They're not feeding me. They're not feeding me. Mm-hmm. And my word to people who are perennially in that cycle of you know finding new teachers, new churches, new conferences, um, is that actually the Lord needs to bring you into um, a place where you're not feeling on fire to refine you into um, a more mature Christian. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's not everybody that comes up to us and right. says, like, I'm not being fed here. But I think it is a large majority of people where – or or it's a um, I'm not being fed here could – I've sometimes seen used as like a scapegoat for uh, there's conflict or accountability I want to avoid. Yep. Um, that's what I mean by like what I'm saying. Like this is the, like the equivalent of the, like God told me I just need to be single right now. Yeah, God just told <laughs> me I need to be single right now, or let's just be friends. It's it's an answer that is it's or it's it's not you, it's me. Uh, it's right. it's this avoiding of the actual thing, uh, in order to just come into what feels kind of acceptable and okay to say. In those spaces, I don't think that's okay because I think there's actually something deeper, deeper that needs addressed. If you're not getting fed, you know, I've, I've, I know pastors and people who would say, well, it's not like you need to be feeding yourself then, like, particularly if you're a mature Christian. Like, you know, one of the things that I was going to say is I've never met a person who has a, vibrant and alive personal devotional life who has made the excuse that my church is not feeding me. Yeah. I haven't period. Like I can't say this about every, every church cause I don't know every church, but I know here at conduit, the two preachers that primarily preach here, mm-hmm. we preach the truth of scripture. Yep. We proclaim it, communicate it as clearly and as faithfully as anyone that I've seen or experienced. Um, and so if you're not getting fed, it's not because there's not a meal being served. It's because you're not eating it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The meal has been, the meal is served. It is on the table. Yep. Whether or not you take a big honk and bite, chew it long enough for it to get down inside of you is on you. Yeah. Not on me. Yeah. Um, so if you're not getting fed, it's cause you're not eating. Yes. Not because there's nothing there to eat. Yep. Cause there's meat to eat here. There is. Um, but also like maybe there's this just consumer, we've talked about consumerism in the church before, but there might be this expectation of like, all right, give me the, um, give me the adrenaline shot to keep me going. Mm-hmm. You know, 
come in. Yeah. Like if I'm not feeling close to Jesus by Tuesday, the church must not be doing it. Right. right. Yeah. I, I think your, your primary point is I think probably the, the most accurate one is that um, people often run to that excuse when they feel the warm fuzzies of being on fire begin to fizzle fizzle. Mm-hmm. I've often had people ask me if we can start a Wednesday service because they feel like the spiritual high that they get on Sunday fades away too quickly. Mm-hmm. And if there was just a Wednesday, Wednesday service that they could come and consume, they would be on a spiritual high from Sunday to Wednesday. Wednesday would get them through to the next Sunday, mm-hmm. and they could just all they could just jump from peak to peak to peak, rather than, um, you know, actually live life out in a broken world and on mission for the Lord. Yeah, experiencing the same types of things that Jesus and Peter and Paul and all the apostles and disciples experienced themselves. Um, but. So yeah, I, I do think it is. I generally think that it is a cop out for something that's happening deeper within them. Very few. I mean, there are certainly places where you can sure. attend there and you're not going to get fed because the word's not being proclaimed. Right. the The funny thing is, though, is that a lot of times those places they're they're doing something else that a lot of people mistake as being fed. Mm. Yeah. Right, like I'm thinking, like the motivational, right sermon, the motivational TED Talk sermon. Well, it gets you, it bring, it like makes you emotionally right, like, and you think uh, that, and you you think that's being fed, and mm-hmm. so you will stick around, but you're not actually being fed. You're being shot up. It's empty spiritual calories. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is empty calories. It does nothing for your soul, but it makes you feel full. Mm-hmm. It's a deception of the enemy. Yes. Um, that keeps us away from feeding on the bread of life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about unhealthy churches? So we've talked about, like, we talked about theology, mm-hmm. and it was coming into my mind that there are probably churches out there that at least on that on paper, and maybe in reality, do check a lot of theological boxes. Mm-hmm. Is there a way, though, that they can still check those theological boxes, uh, maybe even preach the Bible faithfully, but be unhealthy in some aspect, and would that merit leaving? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think you can be really unhealthy relationally, mm-hmm. although I think to experience unhealth in another area would lead me to believe that you're they're probably experiencing a diminished like proclamation of the scripture as well mm-hmm. like cuz it's very difficult to to feast on the word of god and then to be and to carry around a bunch of relational unhealth mm-hmm. like the word of god yeah. rightly digested into your right. soul is going to move you towards the reconciliation and redemption yeah. of relationships. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. and so I, I think that there is a there like there's a theological backstop to that. Yeah. But yeah, I think that the you know you to have an unhealthy church 
maybe relationally mm-hmm. to have a church where there's the unhealthy use of finances or resources, power, power, power dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, but therein again, I think that the, there's a theological backstop to that as well. Right. Um, but those certainly are not secondary issues. Yeah. You know. You, you know, I think you hit on, like, the way you said that triggered in my thought, in my own mind, is that, you know, if if there if there's some unhealth in relational or structure or the way the church is operating, that they're probably not, there, there's some diminishment of the preaching of the word. Like, I think you're very right there. Like, a church maybe is preaching part of the counsel of God very faithfully, but is not preaching or receiving part of the counsel of God that would be the corrective source for mm-hmm. the problems that they're experiencing. Yeah. yeah. So it, that can be like almost tricky from the outside because, well, oh, they're preaching the parts of the Bible they're maybe preaching, maybe they're doing a good job at, right. but not, but they're maybe avoiding entire sections sure. of the Bible or Certain they've got certain fruits of the spirit, but they've ignored others. Yeah. Others, you mm-hmm. know, so that can be a tricky one sometimes. Right. We were having lunch today with um, two pastor friends, and they made a comment about something that they have trying to maybe try to communicate as a mm-hmm. cultural reality in their own church. Yes. Is that this is a seventy thirty church, and what they meant by that was like. 70, you're going to stay probably if you like 70%. You're going to like 70% of what we do, and you're going to hate 30% of what we do. Mm-hmm. Stay for the 70, embrace, and, and then like just deal with the 30. Yeah. The, the kind of implicit reality there is that there is literally no church on this side of heaven that is, that is perfect. Mm-hmm. Even the churches that you, like the perfect church for you, there are people who tell us all the time, Conduit is the, I love Conduit. It's my best church I've ever been in. It's my favorite church. It's like, it always makes me so scared. It really does. <laughs> yep. It's like, <laughs> oh me. boy. Um, because I know Conduit better than anyone and it's not perfect. Right. It's far, far from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the the reality is that like, you it's okay to not love every aspect of your church and still stay mm-hmm. in fact i think that's a better understanding of the nature mm-hmm. of the church and the nature of christian community right than running around your city or your county trying to find the church that's perfect in every way yes and never settling Never putting down roots and creating mm-hmm. long-standing relationships yep. in one place because you haven't found the church that's perfect yet. None of them are. Mm-hmm. Find a church that's like seventy percent perfect for you and stay. Yep. And you know, the church is not supposed to fit our mold or fit into our box. We're supposed to be molded by the church. Mm. Church is supposed to be informative. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be transformative. It's supposed to, like, 
Mm-hmm. It's supposed to form us, yeah. and if we're looking for the church that fit, fits our perfect ideal or form of the church, we found a church that is of our own making and is never going to challenge or grow us. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, what was a red? I, I was talking with a pastor at one point. And we were having a conversation. I didn't know him particularly well, but he said something that was like a major red flag in my heart. And he said, yeah, like I've pretty much got the church running exactly how I think it should run. Mm. And that scared me. Warning. 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 Mm-hmm. warning. Um, and I was just like, because I, I think people sometimes think that like pastors get to just decide and make unilateral decisions and form a church to be exactly how they want it to be. Um that's not really healthy leadership, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, like, ch- church does not run according to my preferences. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's really hard to guard against as a pastor. But um, we're trying to let the church be the church. And, and sometimes the church has aspects or parts of it that are not in line with our personality or our own preference. And mm-hmm. that's something I think that gets lost. Mm-hmm. Do, do you mm-hmm. see that, feel yep, that? I do. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. What do, you, what do you wish people knew on the other side of the, like, church-leaving dynamic? Like, what do you wish people knew when they, when they do make that decision to leave or people are watching people leave a church. Like, what do you wish people knew about that from your standpoint as a pastor? Mm. I think probably one of the, like, similar to what I already said was that mm-hmm. um, please, like, don't just... Um, don't just disengage from the relationships that have been formative for you. Yeah. So don't, don't discount, don't discount how important you have become in other people's lives mm-hmm. here and how important they feel in yours. Yep. And if you're going to leave, please make the effort to tell people that you're leaving to say goodbye to say goodbye right don't just fade don't, don't just don't just disappear mm-hmm. and then i haven't seen you for like four or five weeks and then i call and be like hey haven't seen you for a week just checking in oh it took you that long to notice <laughs> we're going to another church yeah okay that's super hurtful even for you like that passive aggressive statement mm-hmm. and I'm sorry to hear that. I wish I would have known, and maybe we could have talked about yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Maybe we could have talked about that before you obviously let some bitterness set it settle into your heart right? towards me or towards the church or towards mm-hmm. wherever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would say what I would want people to know is I think there's a lot of value mm-hmm. in – leaving the right way by talking to the people that have invested in your life. And I think that if you stand on good, solid ground for the reasons that you're leaving, 
I'm going to pray for I'm going to pray for you and encourage you and love you on your way out the door. Yep. You know, I want to do those things anyway. Sure. I, I try to do those things anyway. I don't always do a great job at them, but at least be supportive. I'm not always supportive of people's decision to leave the church because I think a lot of those excuses are bull crap. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I want to pastor their hearts, I'm yep. not going to agree with decisions that I think are harmful. Mm-hmm. But if you if you have good reason, then yeah, I'm going to support it and like yeah. encourage you in it. So mm-hmm. come and tell me your great reasons. Yeah. <laughs> come and tell me. Yeah. We would a hundred. Yeah. I, I think that's a big one is like have a conversation. Yeah. We would a hundred percent rather have a conversation where we walk away disagreeing than just have you disappear. Yep. Like give us the opportunity to, particularly if there's like something that you're upset about or you're hurt about, like, yeah, Give us the opportunity to respond gracefully and apologize. Yeah, if, work towards reconciliation. You know yeah. that biblical concept of forgiveness and reconciliation? You right. Know, like, yeah. yeah. So. I think the other thing I would add, and this is maybe, I don't know, this is, this is tangential somewhat, but I think it's maybe important, is that if someone leaves badly, like they leave kind of dropping bombs or they leave kind of with a a bad story. Mm. Um, sometimes what I've had is when, when that happens, people will say, Hey, like someone who's still attending the church will come and say, Hey, I had talked with so-and-so who left and they said such and such like, or sometimes you'll just come and say like, or why are people, why is why are they leaving or something like that? And because, because of like our position, our authority, because of kindness, because of confidentiality, mm-hmm. because of like what is godly, mm-hmm. oftentimes we have to swallow mm-hmm. our side of the story. Yep. Um, and not talk about it. Yep. And so, and what that creates, if you're watching from the outside, is you can see someone who's being very vocal about their side of the story. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and and the church is being silent, and some people will take that as like an admission of guilt. an admission of guilt. Yeah. And what that actually is is that standing faithful mm-hmm. and not willing to compromise on confidentiality, yeah. inappropriate speech, being unkind, tran- crossing professional and mm-hmm. boundaries that we feel like are appropriate, right? Because. Somebody might be able to go onto social media and publicly post a video or make a big post right. rant about us personally or the church at large, but that would be highly inappropriate for us to respond to that. Yeah, just, and so yeah, I would say just remember every time you tear down the church or its leaders unreasonably, mm-hmm. you do damage to, to Christ. Yes. Or if you're reading that, you're like a spectator, like be actually happy that the church isn't responding in kind. Right. Silence mm-hmm. isn't isn't necessarily admission. That's a right. In a world where like transparency has become like such a buzzword and mm-hmm. a high value, actually transparency is not actually always appropriate. It would be very inappropriate for us to disclose things that are not ours to disclose. Yep. Correct. So I don't know. So somewhat 
in topic, but yes. slightly different kind of leaving situation. Right. So. Right. Anything else we want to say about that? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe you guys have any questions about any of that or comments, you can leave a comment on the video or shoot us a text message or whatever. Mm-hmm. 716-201-0507 is our texting line here. Um, that's not our personal lines. That's our nope. texting line for the podcast nope. where you can text a question or a comment. Um, and as always, like, subscribe, and share uh, wherever it is that you're listening or you find this podcast. I'd love it if you would share it with your friends or yeah. share it on social media. That'd be really helpful for us. It so would. Appreciate you. And we'll catch you on the next episode. See you next time.